Hello, I'm Father Fred Caldwell, a Catholic priest from St. Michael's Catholic Church in McKinney, Texas. And my name is George. I've been studying the Bible my whole life. And we are going to be taking a fresh new look on all spiritual matters. And the name of our podcast is Soul Survivor. Hello, I'm Father Fred Caldwell from St. Michael's Catholic Church in McKinney, Texas. And I'm here with a brother in Christ, uh, George. He's uh, He's been studying the Bible with me. And we want to share with you about something that's a little bit different on how the Scripture should be studied. First of all, I would like to say I am a Catholic priest, and I was raised in a Catholic home. And in our home, we had a a Bible that stood on the coffee table. But uh, like most Catholic homes at that time, maybe hopefully it's different now, but back then the Bible was just an extra piece of furniture in the the room. Nobody opened it except for maybe to put in a name for a wedding or or a funeral or something. Uh, it just kind of served as as an adornment, an adornment. And then down the road, I met a cute little Baptist girl, and I met her, married her. And she had been studying the Bible since she was three years old. And she would come to me wanting to share things with me. She'd say, "I want to share something with you from the Bible," and I would say, "Go share with somebody else." I didn't have anything to share, and she stayed on me on my back till. I decided the only way to have peace in the family was if I was going to read the Bible also. So I started reading the Bible. I had no agenda. I had nobody to tell me how to read it. I had, I I think one disadvantage was that I had no background for studying it because I hadn't studied it. But I I had an advantage also. The advantage was, it turned out to be, I think, pretty great. The advantage was that I had nobody to tell me what to believe. I had no agenda. I didn't read the Bible to make it try to say what I wanted it to say. I read the Bible to see whatever it said. And I was going to read it just like any other book, just straightforward as as I would read it. And the last thing on my mind was to look for any discrepancies or or contradictions. And I thought since it was the Word of God, it was just supposed to be read literally. I was cruising along fine, and then boom. I had always heard that God told Noah to take two of all the animals in the world and put them on a boat. And then I read something different. Now, at this point, I would like to ask you, if you have a Bible, would you get it out? And if you don't, at least get a pencil and a paper and write down the scriptures, because what we're going to read is what is in the Bible, not what we want it to be, but what's there. So, as I was saying, the only thing that I had ever heard was that God said to take two of every animal. And now I come to, and this is your first scripture, write down Genesis chapter 7, verses 1, 2, and 3. And in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, it says, I want you to, God tells Noah to put two of every unclean animal and 14 of every clean animal on this big boat that he's going to build. Now, that stopped me right in my tracks because all I had ever heard from anybody was God said to take two of every animal, nothing about 14. Now, some Bibles say 14, some say seven, some say by sevens, and seven doesn't really mean just a number between six and eight. Seven means perfection or or complete. So these people that are writing these scriptures, these scriptures that are being written, 
they're using what they would use in their own time zone, in their own time, and in their own area of the world. Uh, whenever you see seven, it means something is perfect, not just a number between six and eight. But I, uh, I decided I was going to check out with other people, see if they had found the same thing that I had. So as I asked them, I uh, asked people, tell me the story about Noah. And they would start telling me the story. And the story would be going like Noah built a boat and, and Noah had his, his, uh, uh, his sons and, and their wives and Noah's wife. And they were going to put those on a boat. But they were also going to put two. Every person that I asked except one, George's wife, she told me 14. She's the only one that I had come across that knew that there was something in there besides just two. So I was wondering, why is it that we see two in one place, but 14 in another? Another thing occurred to me was that of the 14, it said 14 clean animals. But in the book of, Rebel, in the, in the book of Genesis, it never tells you what a clean animal is. So I didn't know what that was. It doesn't tell us until Leviticus and, and Deuteronomy. So I decided I'm going to investigate this. So as I began to examine the scriptures more closely, I found that now the flood carries covers chapters 6, 7, and 8. And I found that in chapter 6, from the beginning of the construction of the ark to the end of the chapter, the name of the supreme being was God. God all the way. God, God, God. But when you went to chapter 7, it changed from God, God, God to Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. If your Bible happens to have Hebrew, if it's in English, it's Lord, Lord, Lord. And I was wondering, you know, why is it changing from God to Lord? Why is it changing from 2 to 14 of some? So I thought, well, I'll continue studying it. So as I studied... I looked at chapter, six, at chapter uh, 6, verse 19, and God said to take two of every animal. And it's, it is very specific. Take two, one male and one female. And as I, as I was reading that, it said, these are the things that God tells you to do, tells Noah to do. He tells him, take your wife and your three sons and their daughters and two of every animal, and get on the boat. Then something really strange I found. The very last line in chapter 6 says, they did everything just as God had told them to do. So they have taken, Noah has taken two of every animal. He's taken his wife and his three sons and their daughters, and remember, two of every animal, and they get on the boat. The last, sign, last verse says they did exactly as God had told them to do. That means right now, at the end of chapter 6, they are on the boat. So then when I look at chapter 7, they're off the boat. And I'm asking myself, this is just me. I'm asking myself, are they going to have to get off that boat and go hunt for 12 more animals if they're going to have 14? And why is it that they're on the boat in chapter 6? When did they get off? Because they're off the boat in chapter 7. So I continued studying, just stay in that one place. I found also that when it said to take these animals in, ch in chapter 6, it said take two, male 
and female. One male and one female. Two animals. One male and one female. But when you went to chapter 7, it no longer said male and female. It said male and its mate. So I'm looking now and I've got four things that have changed. Two animals from all becomes 14 of some. Being on the boat, being off the boat are two different things. Male and female, that's two different things. So as also, the, maybe the biggest one was, besides the numbers, was in chapter 6, it's God, God, God. In chapter 7, it was Lord, Lord, Lord. So I thought, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to study this, all of this uh, story of the flood and see what it is that might be going on. So as I looked back, I found also what we call doublets. Doublets means that you say the same thing twice. Now, why would they say the same thing twice is, uh, is something that we're going to work on and figure out. The, the, the uh, doublets are used in, in uh, big chunks of the story and also in little places. For instance, in the chapter 7, it is Lord, Lord, Lord all the way through. And chapter 7, verse 5 says, they all got on the boat just as the Lord had told them. Now, that makes twice they've gotten on the boat, but they've never gotten off. Now, when they get on the boat, they're not taking two. They're taking 14 of some, not two of all. If we skip down a three, about three verses, we say we read, and uh, God, Noah did just as God had commanded. He took two of each kind. And I thought, wait a minute. Two wasn't mentioned back there in chapter seven. That goes back to chapter six. And then I noticed also it stopped being Lord, Lord, Lord. And it started being God, God, God. It stopped being male and its mate. It went back to male and female. Then as I read on, I see they get on the boat for the third time. And they never have gotten off the boat. So I'm going to just go through something that I've examined now and, and show you what doublets are and tell you what doublets are in uh, these two stories. For instance, in chapter 6, verse 5, it says, And Yahweh saw, we'll look at, we'll look at 5 through, through 8, And Yahweh saw that the evil of humans was great in the earth, and all the inclination and the thoughts of their heart was only evil all day. And Yahweh regretted that he had made humans in the earth, and he was grieved to his heart. And Yahweh said, I shall wipe out the humans which I have created from the face of the earth, from human to beast to creeping thing to bird of the heavens, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in Yahweh's eyes. There are four things that happened. First of all, the earth is bad. It's evil. Second, Yahweh gets mad at that earth that's evil. Third, he's going to destroy it all. Fourth, he's going to save one person because that's Yahweh. Now, if we start with verse 9 on your, in your Bibles, in chapter 6, verse 9 through 13, you read, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, 
perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah sired, sired three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and here it was corrupted, for all flesh had corrupted its way on the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence. Because of them here, I'm going to destroy them with the earth. There are four things that happen. God is mad. The world is bad. Noah is good. And he's going to destroy everything. That's exactly the same thing that was said in chapters, in verses 5 through 8. It's repeating the same thing exactly, except for one point. Those from 5 through 8, it's Yahweh, 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 all the way through. And 6, 9, 9 through 13, it's God, 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 all the way through. So to be more specific, if you look at verse 5, we find out what the earth was like. Verse 5 says, And Yahweh saw that the evil of humans was great on the earth. The earth is God, it's evil. If you look, that's on chapter 6, verse 5. If you look at chapter 6, verse 11, it says, And the earth was corrupted before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Exactly the same thing. Then, if you look at chapter 7, this is in, in chapter 6, in verse 7, it says, And Yahweh said, I shall wipe out the humans which I have created from the face of the earth. I shall wipe them out. If you look over in Genesis chapter 6, verse 13, I hope you can write these down. I'm not talking too fast. But chapter 6, verse 13 says, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth was filled with violence. So the earth is bad in both places. In back to chapter 6, on verse 8, it says, but Noah found favor in Yahweh's eyes. Noah's found favor. Over in chapter 9, chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Noah was a righteous man, perfect in his generations. We've got two things, two, two stories, it looks like, that are going on at the same time. Both of them say, God is good, but he gets mad. The world is bad. Noah is good. And God's going to destroy everything. That's two different setups. One with Yahweh all the way through. One with God all the way through. Then if we go to Genesis 7. We look at Genesis 7 and it says, And Yahweh said to Noah, Come you and all your household into the ark, for I have seen you as righteous before me in this generation. And here is one point. Of all the clean beasts, take yourself seven pairs. Some Bibles will say 14, some will say seven, some will say sevens. Now, if you look at chapter 6 and you go over to verse 19, you read this. And of all the living of all flesh, you shall bring two to the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. There's In this one, instead of being alike, now they're different. In the first three, God is good, the world is bad, Noah's good, he's going to destroy everything. They're the same thing. But when you get to chapter 7, they start 
having some disagreements. In chapter 7, it's take 14 or 7 or 7 pairs. But in the story of God, where God is all the way through, it's of all living flesh, of all things, you shall bring two to the ark to keep alive with you, two of every one. If we keep reading and we get to chapter 7, verse 5, we read this. And God did according to all that Yahweh had commanded him. Now, that's the where he is taking 14 of each. But if we look over still in chapter 6 and we go to verse 21 and 22, it says, And Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. The same thing twice. As we continue reading, we find out that uh, in chapter uh, 6 and in verse 7, it says, And Noah has, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him came to the ark from before the waters of the flood. And in the, in, in the one that says, God, 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 all the way through, and you shall come to the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You've got the same thing twice. One in, in where it says, God, 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 and one that says, Lord, Lord, Lord. Now, there I've copied down 13 of these. They're called doublets. And what it says to me is that one story has Yahweh all the way through, and one story has God all the way through. This is going to be difficult for some people to comprehend or to, to just to wrap their brain around because we've been taught that Moses wrote the first of the Bible, and now we're looking to see maybe there were two people that wrote the Bible, and neither one of them Moses. <coughs> Uh, now, and this is not unusual just for the flood. There are also twos of creation. There's two stories of the Abrahamic covenant. There's two stories of the killing of Goliath. There's two stories of the killing of King Saul. So what this is, is not to try and disprove the Bible. This is to try and understand the Bible. Because if we try to read the Bible and we come across people that are do not believe the Bible, and you try to explain to them that 2 equals 14, and those people will tear you up. Uh, there are two stories here. We did not know it before, but keep your, an open mind. Examine these, these chapters and these, these uh, scriptures that I've given you, and don't ask, what does somebody want me to believe, or what has somebody told me to believe, or what is it do I want to believe? Let's believe what it is that we read. I want to thank you for me. Hey, before you close, I have a question. Okay. Why are there two stories of the flood or two stories of these other stories? Okay. And you notice in those two stories, sometimes they agree <coughs> and sometimes they disagree. We know that this comes from the Israelites, so it has to be written in Israel. And it's going to be written by two different of Israel. In Israel. One of them as we talk about the 14 animals, why would somebody want to take 14 animals on a boat? I mean, that just takes up more space. They, but if you look at the end of chapter 8 under Yahweh, it tells us why. The next to last period, they got off the boat, they built an altar, and they sacrificed the clean animals to Yahweh. Yahweh is the same 
term that was used with the 14 chapter 7, and it's the same Yahweh that now tells us the reason that they're doing this with more animals, because if they didn't take more than two and they sacrifice some, they would have none left. So as we read this, and as you go over, and you can stop this podcast time you want to and check your Bible, make sure that what I'm telling you is something that not what you maybe want to hear, maybe not what you've been told to, to believe, but what does the Bible really say? Now, one more thing. We also have a Bible class here at St. Michael's on Sunday morning around 9.30. If you want to learn about this and take time to sit and ask questions, come to that Bible study at St. Michael's. It's 9.45 or around 9, 9.30 to 9.00 every Sunday. And come and ask me some questions. So I have a question. Okay, so you said that there were two different authors. Well, why would there need to be two different authors? Okay. The reason there was one author was the, these people lived in a kingdom. And when the kingdom was governed by, by David or the first part of Solomon's reign, it was, it was united. So they had the same amount of, when, when it comes to uh, God was mad and all of this, that, that was in both stories when they were united. But there came a time when the people in the south made it so hard, in, the people in Jerusalem, made it so hard for the people in the north that they decided to separate themselves. And when they separated, then we started seeing we started seeing things like uh, 14 animals in the south. And why would they want 14? Because that's the only place that animals could be sacrificed. Jerusalem, in the, in the temple in Jerusalem. The people in the north, they didn't want to take their cows all the way down to Jerusalem to have them rest. So they built them their own temple in Shiloh and Bethel. And they could, they could uh, sacrifice their own animals on their own territory and not have to pay those priests down there uh, in Jerusalem. Did you have another question? <clears throat> so you're saying that the two stories were from the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Mm -hmm. And in the southern kingdom, they had sacrifices. And in the northern kingdom, they didn't have sacrifices. So they didn't see the need to take any more than uh, a male and female on the boat. That's right. Uh, the, the, the main thing was they, they later they had sacrifices, but uh, they, they did it on their own on, on their own property. And they weren't interested in sacrifices because when you the sacrifices that took place in Jerusalem made it a terrible hardship on the ones in the north. So they uh, they just didn't talk about sacrifices, but they they had them. Uh, they just weren't, uh, they weren't that concerned about pushing, emphasizing the about this is where we sacrifice. They have to be here with us. That's what they said. In. Okay. And then you mentioned that there was Yahweh, Lord God, or just God. Mm -hmm. What's the significance? Well, the people in the north referred to God as just plain old God. In the south, they referred to him as Yahweh, a special name for, for the supreme being. That means more like a close friend that we have. And we'll get more into that when we get to uh, the, the two stories of creation, because we're going to do that uh, coming up. And uh, we'll be seeing again, God, 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 and Lord, God, Lord, God, Lord, God, according so, to which, which, uh, which chapter you're reading, chapter one or chapter two. Okay, so we have sacrifices in the southern kingdom, uh, not an emphasis on sacrifices in the northern kingdom. A personal relationship or a very familiar relationship with God in the southern kingdom 
not so familiar relationship with God in the northern kingdom. Were there any other differences? Well, the the one in the northern kingdom was probably written by a priest that was interested in uh, in details. For instance, he tells how to build that ark. How many cubits high? How many cubits long? How many cubits wide? How many floors to have? Where to put the windows? All of those details when it's God, God, God. And we're going to see those same details in chapter one of uh, Genesis. Uh, it's going to be all, all of the details like what happened on the first day, the second day, the third day. And note one more detail, and, and George, you already mentioned this, it, that God is more familiar and, and more human-like. When he, when he offers those uh, those sacrifices, it says he has a smelling. He can smell, that smells sweet to him. And also, in uh, back at the beginning in chapter 6, he says he was, he regretted having to make man and uh, because these are, these are characteristics that a human has, but and when it's God, 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 there are no human characteristics. It's just it's just a distant God saying, "Here are the facts, and you better do it." So, what about geography? Did that play a role in how these different stories developed? We will find out that in uh, when we get to the story of the creation, that one place in chapter one, it's all covered with water. That's going to be in the north where the water is, where the Sea of Galilee. In the south, there is no water. There's the Negev Desert and the Israel Desert. Uh, and I walked one time from uh, Jerusalem down toward Jericho, and there was not one twig. It made West Texas look like an oasis. You can see why uh, chapter, well, we'll just wait till we get to chapter two uh, when we do the, the stories of the creation. They're, they are interesting. Well, we're out of time today, Father Fred. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close? No, just like to invite you to our Bible study. It's at, uh, about 9.30 on every Sunday morning, and everybody's welcome. Catholics, non-Catholics, believers, non-believers, any, anybody that can read, read, and you will be comfortable. There. Nobody's going to be saying, I'm right and you're wrong. We can just examine and grow from each other. What's the address in case somebody's not familiar? The address is 652 Redbud, right behind the post office in, uh, in McKinney, Texas. And we look forward to seeing there. And God bless you. Have a, a beautiful week.